Access Division 33, the official podcast of Division 33 of the American Psychological Association, a group of professionals dedicated to science and practice in the area of intellectual and developmental disabilities and autism spectrum disorder. In each episode, we'll speak with a different member of our division, discussing their work and why it's important to the lives of people with intellectual and developmental disabilities and those who support them. Hi there, and welcome to Access Division 33. I'm Laurel Benjamin, a member of Division 33 and your host for today. Today, we'll be talking about first responder training with Drs. Meg Stone and Lauren Schmidt. Dr. Stone and Dr. Schmidt are pediatric psychologists and assistant professors at Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center. Dr. Stone's research and clinical work focuses on supporting children and adolescents with neurodevelopmental disabilities, ASD, and intellectual disabilities through early intervention programs. Dr. Schmidt's work focuses on diagnostic and behavioral intervention services for people with neurodevelopmental disabilities, with a particular focus on building emotional regulation skills among individuals with ASD and their caregivers. All right, welcome Dr. Stone and Dr. Schmidt. We are so excited to have you with us today. Thanks so much for having us. Absolutely, it's our pleasure. So your recent work focuses on developing a training curriculum to increase first responders' awareness of the needs of autistic individuals. My first question for you is why first responders? Can you tell us a little bit about why this is such an important group to focus on? Absolutely. So unfortunately, many crisis situations involve autistic individuals and other vulnerable populations. We know that, for instance, autistic youth are at higher risk of running away or wandering. And unfortunately, many of these cases sadly and tragically, most often with drowning, since so many autistic individuals are interested in bodies of water. In addition, because social communication difficulties are a core feature of autism, interactions between autistic individuals and first responders are inherently challenging. We also know that some of the repetitive behaviors and mannerisms that are core to autism can often be misinterpreted by responders as threatening or dangerous. And so we really think that it's important to teach first responders about autism to really improve these outcomes, especially in crisis situations. In fact, in October of 2022, the International Society of Autism Research released a policy briefing really urging the community to prevent, reduce, and improve interactions between autistic individuals and the criminal justice system. So that's where we focused. So far, we've mostly worked with police officers, specifically from the Cincinnati Police Department, but we're hoping to expand to a broader first responder community. Sounds like a really important target population. Can you tell me a bit about what's involved in your first responder training program and some of the issues you're hoping to address? So first, we want to highlight really importantly that we did not create this training curriculum on our own. Um, We actually have several community partners that have played a really important role in shaping the curriculum, um, including Autism Connections, which is a Cincinnati-based but regional organization that provides resources for autistic individuals and their families. Also, Autism and We, which is a grassroots organization of Black caregivers that have children with autism. And um, really uniquely, we have a Cincinnati Police Department police officer who volunteers his own time to be a part of our committee. And he is a father of a young boy with autism. So all of their voices have really played a huge role in developing this curriculum over the last year and a half or so. 
So the training curriculum has two distinct parts. In the morning, we meet exclusively with police officers or first responders, and we really try to teach what it's like to have autism and some of the core features or signs that a person may have an autism diagnosis. We really also emphasize teaching strategies to help communicate with autistic individuals um, and improve crisis situations. And then in the afternoon, we actually bring teens and adults with autism to our training facility and we pair them one-on-one -on -one with first responders. So together, those pairings participate in activities that are aimed to teach autistic individuals about basic laws, how to identify emergency situations, and how to follow directions from a first responder or police officer. Within the activities, the pairs have the opportunity to work together, um, giving first responders the opportunity to practice strategies that they learned in the first part of the training in the morning. And then overall, our aim is not only to educate officers and autistic individuals, but really to begin practicing and developing skills that they can use in real life situations, but within a safe and fun environment. Wonderful. It sounds like there's a lot of community involvement in this program, which is great. I know this program is, is very much still in its early stages, but could you tell us a couple of things you've learned so far in doing this work? Yeah, so, so far we've received really positive feedback from our trainings. Officers have commented that they've really enjoyed getting to learn more about the specific strengths of individuals with autism and how to close the gap in communication difficulties when they're in the field. Officers and self-advocates have also shared that they really benefited from being paired with one another, specifically for the get to know you activities um, and to practice some crisis situations and how to respond in those situations. Our self-advocates have gotten to learn a lot about police procedures and laws, things that will directly help them when they're in the community. It's also been really beautiful to see the bonds form between partners over the course of just a couple hours in these trainings. I will never forget at our training in February, we were playing a Simon Says game and it ended up turning into an impromptu dance party. And one of the officers went over to a young man using a wheelchair and asked if he could take him to join the Congo line. And it was just this really organic, sweet moment. And this is what inspires Lauren and I to continue this work. What an absolutely touching moment and such promising initial findings that it's been viewed so positively both among the first responders as well as the autistic individuals. What do you think the next steps are to further develop this training? Yeah, absolutely. So more kind of in the past year or so, we've been really working to expand our trainings beyond just Cincinnati Police Department. Um, and including other first responders as well. We've also been more intentional about making sure our trainings include elements of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, however, more recently, we've been working with those community partners we mentioned to develop a curriculum for caregivers of autistic individuals. In our weekly meetings with our community partners, it was really clear that these caregivers just didn't really know what they themselves could do in a crisis situation and help sort of make sure that those crisis situations were safer and ended better for their children. And so we're working on a curriculum right now to help parents and other caregivers learn what to share on the phone when they initially call about a crisis situation, and then what to communicate with those first responders once they are on the scene. 
we really want to be able to empower these caregivers and family members to feel comfortable in sharing with those first responders what communication strategies work best for their child, and maybe even how to use some of their special interests in helping diffuse and kind of reduce some of those crisis situations. Um, our police officer partner, who you mentioned, um, really has emphasized that like, if he had this those information, if his other police officers had that information in those situations, they, you know, this it would just end better. Absolutely. Lastly, based on your work, I'm wondering if there's any advice that you would give to first responders or other helping professionals that work with autistic individuals. Absolutely. Our experience so far has really showed us how much officers learn from their partners during these activities and how real relationships form naturally over the course of the day. So we really encourage first responders and other health professionals to attend community events. We think it's going to be really important to have this intentional exposure to autistic individuals and other vulnerable populations to build these relationships so that if if and when a crisis situation arises, first responders feel more comfortable and confident managing the situation. Overall, our mission with this whole thing is to build a safer community and establishing relationships with each other and being involved in the community is the first and best way to build this trust and mutual respect. Wonderful. Well, thank you both so much for your time and thank you for doing this such important work. Please tune into our next episode when we interview another leader in the field of IDD and ASD research. If you'd like to suggest a topic for a future episode, please visit our Division 33 website at www.division33.org and use our contact page with the subject line podcast. To all those professionals working in the field, Thank you for the work you do. And to those individuals with IDD and ASD, and those who support them, we're here to help.